0: lean in it's
1: time for the soft shoulder podcast i am your host danette relic of radical creative sanctuary inviting spaciousness for your mind and your heart welcome i'm glad you're here the soft shoulder is your time your time to slow down and fuel up on self-love support so you can make the most of your gorgeous life. Join me here. Everyone needs a soft shoulder. Hello, hello. This is like, you know, um, we've, it's like we're, we've been in this relationship and we like love having conversations with one another. And then it's just, it's been a while. The reason why I'm laughing is because <laughs> every time I say it's been a while in my head I hear it's been a while and it's <laughs> thanks to Allison of Tech Coven. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Allison Tar and techcoven.com. Um we're going to talk more about about her and about Tech Coven later on but this um it just you know that song it's like um Uh, It's from 2001, and it was by a band called Stained, except it's spelt S-T-A-I-N-D. So there's no E, just Stained without the E. Anyway, every time, you know, we say it, I say it, I hear it. I just, I hear the echo. It's been a while in my head. So anyway, hi. Um, Welcome back. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I've... um, I've been I've been elsewhere and um I haven't I was thinking a lot about you. I don't know if you are on my email list um <laughs> or if you even know you're on it because I haven't sent a, an email out since February. And uh I don't know if you've heard but a lot has happened since February uh globally, personally. Um so it's like this is that kind of coffee where it's just like, you know, oh my god like where do we even begin to catch up you know um and uh um sometimes it's sometimes it's easy so I started imagining you guys like my friend Becky (laughs) no offense um not that kind of Becky um I have this friend that I went to high school with whose name is Becky and um We ended up emailing and and hooking up and having a coffee after, like, I don't know how many years. Was it a decade? Was it more than that? Might have been actually quite a lot more than that. Oh, yes, absolutely. Was it Anyway, a long time. It had been a while. And, you know, how could you possibly catch up, right? I mean, (laughs) how do you go? All right, let's summarize the last 20 years uh, over coffee. But you know what? Sometimes it just works, Right. Sometimes you're just there and it doesn't matter and you just, you start where you are and you catch up. So I was thinking specifically about my newsletter. Um, It's been easier for me to just use audio, um, less, takes less bandwidth of my brain. Um, So I hope that some of you subscribers to the newsletter are listening and joining us here and, um, and um, yeah, it's nice to have you here. Um, So a little brief catch up <laughs> some of the things that you may not have known that's been going on over here behind the scenes. there's been a lot of things um and uh I'm so curious about what your things are because the more I feel like you know how are you has become even like a just a hilarious question. It always was in fact, my last newsletter in February was about how to answer that question um when you know like life's kind of a shit show or you got some like serious stuff going on and people are like, how are you doing? And you're just like, do you really even want to know? Right? So I, ha- I gave a list of answers that are true and yet don't require like, you know, an, an um inappropriate vomit overshare. And also, um, yeah, where you can just kind of like sum it up, you know, like uh, living the dream is like a popular one, right? <laughs> we don't need to go into details, but there you go. I'm living the dream. So I know that all of you have different... You know, in your own worlds, there's the things we're sharing, witnessing globally. I know that we're also seeing those things from different perspectives. So we're, uh, as my friend Mel said, you know, we're not we're not all in the same boat, but we're in the same storm. We all have different boats, and some of us don't have boats, and there's like all of that stuff. Um, so it is interesting, and I'm really curious about how you would describe that if you and I sat down right now for coffee and been like, I haven't seen you since February, what's been going on? Where would you begin? Um, since I can't hear you in this moment, uh, I'm going to let you know just some of the things that have been going on. And they're all over the spectrum. And I invite you when you think about your answer to look all over the whole spectrum, you don't have to find the rainbow um, doesn't have to all be all the things you're grateful for, you know, hashtag blessed, whatever, you don't have to do that. Um, And also it's okay to have had moments of beauty and blessedness and gratitude while there's so much serious and uh, important and devastating things happening either in your own world or in the world that we share, right? Um, So in no particular order, um, (laughs) there's been, uh, I found some stability this spring for the first time in two and a half years. This is like, I'm referring to the time frame of when I hit my head and uh, dealing with and managing post-concussion syndrome. I joined Concussion Compass, which is like an online educational connecting forum for people who are in recovery from concussion and post-concussion... Do they call it a syndrome? I don't know. The language is always changing. Anyhow, I used a tool, planning and pacing. I got really... um, devoted to it. The fact that I was able to do it was a win because like these things require energy, but I achieved some kind of stability and rhythm and it was really wonderful. Another thing that happened is that I neglected the care that was proven to be effective (laughs) and set myself into, you know, overwhelm, override. Um, I had, you know, a huge flare up of symptoms of Um, PTSD of panic attacks and more acute and uh, symptoms such as that so I also had that experience Um, I I returned to editing my book on breakups which I had thought I was going to publish in fact the night I hit my head I announced I would be publishing it and that I could not work on it for like over two years in the stage it was in. um, I started slowly, very in tiny doses, seeing if I had the bandwidth to do the editing work. And it was okay, as long as I was doing small bits and pieces. So I've really moved this forward. And, um, and I made the decision to change it to, uh, to an ebook, so that I could just get it to you. Um, Sometimes our dreams, I'm, pretty sure there might be a few perfectionists listening, maybe. Um, but you know, sometimes the dreams, uh, we can get caught up in the ideal and how we want it to be, and miss opportunities that require a little bit of a pivot or a little bit of a shift. Um, you know, I had judgments around that I, wa- I wanted the paper book, I wanted it to be in my hand, Like I, I could feel it very sensually. And um, I always loved and prefer paper books until I hit my head and and I don't really, you know, it's a lot more effort for me to read those. Um, I listen to audiobooks a lot more now. Anyhow, I guess I had always dreamed that I would have like a paper book and the same thing with the coloring book that I've been working on for like for years doing the drawings. I really wanted to be paper. I was doing all this research. I was trying to get help. It just, it wasn't moving forward, you know, and so I made the decision, um, I think probably around February, January, that I was going to be like, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to publish some ebooks. I'm going to do that because it's more important for me to like, move this dream out in the world to get this energy out to, to feel excited about finishing and sharing this project uh, than it is for me to get it quote unquote, perfect. And, um and branching off of that was that I've been learning how to use Procreate, which is an app uh, for the iPad uh, to draw and paint and do stuff. And, um, I've also, you know, this was this was a lot tougher, the whole digital download of coloring pages. I love physical coloring books, my whole memory of them, obviously, because <laughs> I didn't even have a computer in the house. Even in college, I made it all the way through the end of college without owning a computer, believe it or not. But, um, you know, coloring books were something that we took to the ballpark that we, you know, had on a on a car ride, like they were like physical things. And I like, the smell of crayons in the I used to keep my crayons in one of those shortbread tins, <laughs> just like so you'd open up that metal tin, that blue tin of butter cookies or whatever. I don't know what brand that was and like just smell the wax crayons in there. Oh, so good. Um, so this idea of a digital download, it just felt really unsatisfying. Anyhow, I've been practicing, learning how to use Procreate, getting my my drawing skills in this different medium, uh, working that muscle. I have my first... Like prototypes of some coloring pages, I have to tell you, I think they're amazing. <laughs> I'm very pleased with them. I am very proud of them and I have like gotten over myself and am working to make those available for download for purchase um, as digital things. What I didn't even realize that my friend Kelly taught me was that like when people buy digital, <laughs> you probably already know this. <laughs> If you're someone who does this, you're like Danette. What? Where have you been? Um, But if you have like a like a painting app, or like if you have Procreate, you can take the digital page and also color it digitally. I just never thought of this because I just really love my coloring time to involve tools that you know have like wood in them and like you know I like turning off technology to color. But I don't know. I'm I'm quickly being converted. So that's another thing that's been happening. These are. You know, a shift in you know, a uh, releasing my standards or my uh, how I wanted it to be, getting a little looser with that, has created a real flow in moving some things forward. As what you know, helped by all the fact that I had um, been taking such good care of, like creating stability. And um, gosh, it takes a lot of discipline to do that. Um, so that's some of the stuff that's been going on. Also, I went two and a half months. Uh, with zero contact with another living being. I did not hug anyone. I did not touch hands. I did not slap anyone's face. I had no not even a pet. Like I think my first dog snuggle was like last week. Um, And that was really interesting, you know, to just like, I've never gone that long in my life without any human contact, like accidental anything, nothing at all. My body was touched only by me and clothing and furniture and whatever. Um, So that's, that was interesting to explore. Also how I was adapting to that. Um, Just really fascinated with our resilience, you know, and how we deal with stress and um, how we make do. Uh, I'm still kind of processing a lot of that. It wasn't just a little thing. And it was, it was interesting how when I was uh, given permission that it was like, oh, I could bubble with other households and we could do this. Um, I had a really strange reaction to that. I was not excited to, to do it again. So anyways, it's really interesting, right? Um, what else happened? I learned how to (laughs) yo-yo. I am still learning, but I, I got a beginner yo-yo that was not like a, toy yo-yo that just automatically comes back to your hand and for the first couple of weeks I was just like "Oh, feeling so awkward so awkward and just like this is supposed to be a beginner yo-yo I can't even do this I was being so hard on myself and I knew that this is like Danette this is like definitely something that I have to work on and my self-love is like the willingness to be bad at something and I started getting into a rhythm with it and it's very pleasing um I um I renewed my wedding vows after 19 years. I had a small ceremony, one person. I was going to do something bigger. I wanted to have witnesses and I was going through that rough um rough patch with, you know, the PTSD and flare-ups and everything was uh was really challenging at that time. I almost didn't do it and then I I remembered it was just like it's so important. This is this relationship with self this commitment to show up. It's not conditional. It's not conditional on whether or not I'm feeling good, or whether or not, you know, I've been a good person. Like it's just, it's, uh, the point is to love and honor and stay committed in all of the facets of myself as a human being as an imperfect human being. Um, You know, that's that whole sickness and health situation, right? So I I showed up and did that. Um, And uh, also like a whole lot of deep listening around anti-racism work, around healing, uh, around Black Lives Matter, um, all of that, just like um, doing tons of listening, tons of reading, reflecting really deeply on... um, my own place in this. Um, If you've only been a listener to the podcast and haven't figured it out, I'm a white person. (laughs) And um, um, so I've been like thinking about my whiteness, about white supremacy, about my role, what it has been, what I want it to be, um, what's my responsibility, doing tons of stuff around that. And um, feeling an immense sense of hope and an immense sense of purpose, as well as tons of shame, tons of guilt, lots of spiraling out all the way down to questioning my entire career. And my, like, you know, just that that little pit of like, why bother? And what am I doing? And all that kind of I went all the way down. Um, Maybe some of you saw me in that pit. I don't know, maybe we're all hanging out (laughs) hanging out there from time to time. It's like, that looks like Jeanette. I didn't know she hangs out in this pit sometimes. Well, sometimes I do. Um, and, you know, so, so there's been a, a lot happening and so much more that I, I can't even really remember a lot of time outside. Um, anyway, there you go. Um, oh, yeah, I've recorded like five or six podcasts that I had to erase. <laughs> which has like never happened usually i just do this right it's like me and you we hop on you know i i feel very comfortable i was like my mind was really not well and um yeah i was i was spiraling out pretty bad so i uh, i took a break from instagram and um just to give my my brain a breather and what was so interesting was that like I've gone off Facebook. I've, you know, over the past two and a half years, really limited. I knew that like digital communication, especially, I needed to have a lot of boundaries around uh, because it would be the thing that would drain me the fastest. Um, And it's not just the screen time. I think that's like a misconception. Screens, maybe in the first while, like the, the light, I take care of the light. I wear glasses that have tints in them. I turn my screens to pink so that, you know, I'm not getting that blue light. But it's really, for me, it's about the thinking and the communicating and the back and forth processing speed. Um, it's processing commun- communication and different kinds of topics will drain it faster than others, different kinds of like procedural things drain it faster than others. So it's unpredictable. And as you know, just even if you're totally neurotypical, social media is a rabbit hole, right? Like even the best you know, with the best conditions possibly to withstand it. uh, It's created to suck us in, right? So um, I had to think a lot about how this isn't news, but I I struggle with this, this conflating of like, my well being and my health is not a separate topic from my life. And um, I've struggled with this, especially over the last two and a half years of thinking that there's this healing thing that's like a you know, when I took coaching training, there was this like wheel of life. Maybe you've seen or done this exercise with a coach of your own or with me. And it's basically just like a pie chart. And you have, you know, it's all divided up equally. And there's these different like slices of life, you know. And then you kind of go through each of the pie slices and talk, you know, rate them like how satisfied you are. So, like, health or wellness would be one of these slices. But the truth is, is that it might be the filling. Like, it's if it's not a separate piece of pie. <laughs> like and I've been treating it as such. And um and it's um not kind, it's not self loving, and it's not effective. I wasn't doing it on purpose necessarily, but it's I think um I wonder if you have this experience with yourself, right? Where there's like, I'm gonna do these things and then I'll take care of my health. And it's like, no, no. These things coexist and they need to coexist and they thrive when they coexist because that is the nature of things. I, I, um, so the, all of the listening and processing, reflecting around anti racism work was happening at the same time that I dropped my planning and pacing, dropped my own self care. And so these things were conflating, which you can imagine just blew up in all kinds of, um, shame spiral confusion, right? Um, And what was so interesting was I was making an exception, or at least this is what I told myself. I was making an exception because I said, this is important. And what's really important is to, you know, clarify that yes, yes, that work is absolutely important and bearing witness is, is important. That's not disputable. And I've used this whole, oh, this is important. I'm doing the finger quotes. I've used this a few times when I've gone into overriding, like, For holidays you know Christmas with my family is important or someone I love's birthday is important or whatever and you know I was thinking about how this is like a real ableist view that I've been like internalizing inflicting on myself and then probably causing harm to other people who are close to me who can hear me say it even though I'm saying it about myself um, you know it's um, it's it's a reflection. It's like people, how are people supposed to feel comfortable around me when I'm judging myself so harshly? Um, You know, this idea that I can override a brain injury because something is more important. It implies that for it, 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 this is the stigma that people face with like mental health. This is the stigma that you probably face with any invisible injury. Like this idea that like, if you really wanted to, and if it really mattered to you, you could put this on hold. You could put your depression on hold for my birthday, if you were really my friend, you could put your brain injury on hold if it was like, if this topic really matters to you. And this is just really, I really want to acknowledge this, I didn't even really understand what was happening while I was in it, because I was kind of out of my mind. And, um, you know, you wouldn't do this we, we don't do this when people have broken legs right someone has a shattered leg and they're like they got a cast on from the toe to the hip we would never in fact we would think it was ridiculous for them to s- stand up and try to run on that leg um, only for important things that's not how it works And so if you're someone who's been struggling with this and like struggling with feeling like a bad person while also managing invisible illness, mental health, any of these kinds of things, um, you know, I just want to like say that I see you and that I know how difficult this is, especially when you want, of course we want to show up to the important things. Of course we want to be able to run and march and do whatever it is for these things that matter. And, you know, it, it makes it so much worse when, you know, and this is what I was guilty of is this narrative with myself. And I i don't know if I said it around other people. I probably did. Um, this is where this leads to like, you know, being judged for your own illness and uh, being like, oh, well, you know, I saw Taylor going to like the movies but like apparently, you know, they're too depressed to come, you know, to this my dinner party and taking it personally. But we wouldn't take a broken leg personally. So, um, you know, this is like delicate, ever-changing management of certain kinds of like mental health conditions and invisible injuries. It changes day to day. People don't understand it. And when when I was saying like, oh, I overwrote it because this was important. I was like, oh, that's that's actually doing harm. It's doing harm to everyone involved and um I was really locked into that right like there was it was very binary thinking that it's like you know if if you know activism is important then I had to completely deny the reality of my brain injury and when I do that I am not well and not helpful so um I'm apologizing to myself giving myself a huge hug and all of you who have maybe internalized this yourself or have been facing this yourself this is you know this is no small thing and uh, we have to like I said I think this you know our our well-being and not perfect health because you know we're all we all experience different different levels of health different levels of ability throughout our whole lives but you know this our energy is the filling of the pie not a slice of the pie right um So, you know, this led me to returning to thoughts that uh, I enjoy (laughs) about uh, what is sustainable and what is sustainable about, you know, our attention, um, you know, the, the beauty that you may have, you know, that you may relate to when you go through any kind of life crisis, you know, you know, the illness or death of your like a loved one or an illness of your own or a divorce, whatever it is, when suddenly all of your focus needs to go somewhere in an urgent way. There's this painful but beautiful gift of priority. Right? It's like you don't have time, you don't have time to waste. You don't have time to for small talk anymore. You don't have time. So many people in my uh, concussion. Love your brain. Concussion. Um, what was it? It was a yoga class. It was, like, <laughs> it was like it was like a support. We had a support circle after the after we did yoga together, and it was like the more people that I'm talking about or talking to who have had these experiences, like they change jobs. High numbers of people change their lifestyle, change their job, change relationships. Like you have this realizing what matters and what doesn't matter and you just can't keep things up anymore out of comfort or just habit, you know. Um um it really forces you uh when to to really see what matters, um to see who is there with you, uh to let go of silly grudges. Like there's just you just don't have the bandwidth, right? It's like you were an octopus carrying a whole bunch of stuff and now you're a person with two hands and it's like I don't have eight arms I am I can only carry this um, and things get really clear it's very painful and heartbreaking but it's also very clarifying so um, I've been thinking a lot about this and returning to you know um, yeah like what is what is the most important thing and when it came to like the the lists of things like there was so much information about Uh, specifically what white people can do um, to combat racism to their own and in the world and it was so funny how I knew like I I had been like balancing taking good care of my health taking good care of myself and then when this came like amplified it's not was not new and it came amplified like that I I completely dropped it's like I just approached it like and this was partly out of guilt and partly out of like passion, but I just, I just ran for it like with zero regard for my pie filling, like zero regard of the realities of what I could actually do. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen this clip. I I find it so amusing. This um, I don't know what it's from. It's a, I think a Japanese game show. There's a a steep hill. And it's all ice, or or it's like a staircase, and it's really slippery. And the contestants are all wearing these, like, I don't know, spandex onesies or, like, wetsuits or whatever, all in different colors. And they're all trying to race up this uh, icy, <laughs> steep staircase. And it's... <laughs> Oh god. And so everyone's kind of crawling up but it's like one person wipes out, they slide down, they f- and they knock everyone out like bowling balls and then they all have to start over again and it just takes so long. It's like you just see all these people trying to crawl and then falling and crawl and then falling. And I just related so much to this in terms of like brain injury recovery because it really can feel like that. For I think for a long time I was just like laying at the bottom of the ice staircase just like staring at the sky. <laughs> and then it was like rolling over and like can I get on my hands and knees like can I start to take some steps you know and it's like incredibly like frustrating right um so I feel like I've been doing this for like two and a half years like kind of getting where I'm at and falling a bunch of times and getting back up and taking slow steps and then all of a sudden it's like I forgot (laughs) and I just like it was like I just you know I was like, okay, give me kettlebells. Give me give me a whole bunch of stuff and I'm going to run up this icy hill. And it's like, Danette, what are you thinking? Of course I crashed. Of course. Of course I crashed. <laughs> but like it's so like – anyway. Um, So it's fool – I'm laughing because, you know, this is human. I'm laughing because I am forgiving myself. Um, This is like foolish and I don't mean that in like a judgment way. I mean like the fool. Like <laughs> – Not knowing any better, just leaping without looking. Um, It's kind of adorable. I can understand. I was so exhausted. I am exhausted. It's been so long and it's been a lot to deal with. Um, You know, I want to be the kind of person who can grab kettlebells and run up the ice hill. Like, So like, of course I want to have it. And while it's adorable and foolish and all that, it's also disrespectful. It's also not responsible and it's not sustainable. Like I take this work really seriously. Dismantling white supremacy is not like a new hobby of knitting. This is something that is very important to me. So, you know, to do that in a way where I, you know, (laughs) I know I'm going to wipe out and take myself out when it's not sustainable. It's disrespecting like this whole thing and my role in it, right? I'm not showing up. It's like showing up to like, basketball practice, like hung over. It's like, what are you doing? You know? Um, sorry, that was, that was judgy, (laughs) but you know, you get what I'm saying. Um, so yeah. So, you know, I took a break. Um, I recognized it. And even after I recognized how I was crashing and out of it, I, you know, um, I haven't been able to see, you know, my healing support people in this time of, uh, um, distancing and, um, I just, well, I've been, I've been home. I've been home and I haven't been able to go to any appointments. Um, So, you know, um, not having that perspective, it took me a while to see, even see what was going on. And then uh, I was like, okay, I just, I need to take Instagram off my phone for a bit. And do you know, I don't know if you've ever done this. It was like deleting Instagram from my phone felt like pouring alcohol down the sink when you're like, it's been too much and I need to stop. And there's this like, you know, that that's what you want to do to just like get it away from you for a bit. Um, And it's like, there's something twitchy about it. It's terrifying to do that. I had that feeling with Instagram deleting the app when they're all wiggling on the screen with that little X. Um, And then I felt twitchy. I noticed my hand darting out Just darting out of my pocket, darting towards the phone, darting. And I knew what it was trying to do. Seeing how this habit just gets right into your body. um, And I was like, oh, this is interesting. My hand is darting out. Obviously reaching for Instagram. What was going on? (laughs) Like, what am I checking out of right now? Right? Because it's not there. And I don't know why all of a sudden this is happening. So it was just really revealing. Um, You know, and this like... You know I was just putting so much pressure on myself to connect, to connect with you, to record a podcast. That's why I was spiraling out. I recorded a bunch that were not helpful. And um you know, it was like afraid, right? Afraid of missing out, afraid of being disconnected. Um, and the truth is is that I just really, really needed to be connecting with myself. and I wasn't. So, dear listener, are you connecting with yourself these days? I know that there is a lot going on. There has been. This has been quite a year. Um, And I know like, you, you know, like my friend Mel says, you know, we're all in the same storm, but not in the same boat. So from your boat, I'm just wondering how connected you are to you. You know, this has got me thinking about trust. I've been thinking a lot about trust, about trusting ourselves, about the role of trust, the very powerful role of trust in self-love and in our relationships with ourselves. I'm thinking about the difference that trust makes to our motives, okay? So um, what were my motives? I was not trusting myself. I was not connected to myself um, for like a little period of time there. And so what are my motives then, right? Um, you know my my motives for like wanting to record a podcast, wanting to like uh, send a newsletter, the kind of urgency, twitchy <laughs> thing I was feeling, it was like motivated by fear. It was fear that I was that me taking a break would mean I would lose connection with you, right? you know, And I know like, we're cool, you know you were here, and so you're like, do not chill out, I love you, it's cool. <laughs> fine we're having coffee it's been months no one, no one was worried about it you know um, but like that was the motive because I wasn't trusting myself there's obviously connecting is great if I trusted myself um, I, I may or may not have connected with you and uh, it wouldn't have anything to do with fear so also by not trusting myself in terms of anti-racism work what is my motive right what was my motive in like piling it on so intensely it was doubt doubt in my own commitment to unearthing and undoing the white supremacist um, behaviors the white supremacist like ideas and stuff that I have learned that I see in myself Um, like what was I trying to prove by doing everything at once by like grabbing the kettlebells and running up an ice hill like If I know that I am dedicated, if I trust and know that I am dedicated to this work for as long as it takes, which will be a lifetime or not, hopefully. I mean, (laughs) but I'm prepared for the lifetime just the same way I am with self-love, right? This is lifelong work. It's an honor to do both. Um, If I trusted in that, how would my motives be differently? How would I have shown up differently, right? Would I have been panicking and like performing right um other motives are like like when are you deferring to outside sources when are you deferring your own truth to outside sources right looking up what you should do looking up what you should say um not even knowing how you feel you really leave yourself open to being in a place of reaction to what other people are doing and thinking and saying and you know, that's when I can tell sometimes in my own language when obviously when the word should comes up a lot. I know I am not in a place of trust with myself because I'm thinking about what I should be doing, uh, what other people are expecting me to doing what, or to be doing or what the right thing is to be doing. Um, and like this to me is everything, right? Like imagine all the things that you want to do, including anti-racism work done from a place of deep self trust, of deep authenticity. Think of activism from that place. Right? There's a difference here. And I'm, I've always loved the acorn. That's why I do the work I do. I love like getting right into that essential, the radical, the root um, in service of that bigger tree the bigger growth the bigger ecosystem right so of course I'm fascinated by this um you know if I don't if I can't trust myself and trust my own feelings trust myself to know when I feel safe or not trust myself in what I believe in what I'm capable of trusting that I can grow and change I can make more mistakes if I trust myself because I trust that I will make reparations. I will apologize. I will learn and I will shift my behavior. There's nothing to fear if you trust yourself in that, right? So um, one of the things I'm really excited about is I've started studying with April Harder uh, around trust. And um, you can, uh, if you're interested, I would recommend checking her out. Um, on Instagram, she's at at Racism Recovery Center. And uh, I've really been enjoying her work for, uh, like, there's two major things that I've been loving. It's definitely different from the narrative you might be hearing, mostly amplified in terms of um, racism and um, and white people. Um, she's coming from the, she's a, a, um, uh, is it a licensed clinical social worker. So she's coming from a very trauma-informed place and a place of healing and mental health and um, and about getting to the root of healing so this you know I remember um, you know I was in a fabulous coaching program when I hit my head and uh, I really struggled with you know the some of that program while also healing and I didn't understand I learned eventually that like there's just there's certain kinds of activities That um, are really helpful um, and really great if you're at sort of like a good base note, you know, Um, if you have a foundation. And if you're in a state of trauma and dealing with trauma and something isn't trauma informed, it can cause more harm. And I didn't really understand that. And I know that I'm barely skimming the surface of it as well. But I am fascinated by the, um, the importance of that knowledge in our society, in our individuals, in just like, it's such a self loving thing to do, uh, to make sure that there's room for that. Right. Um, and so that's another thing. Like anytime there's something through a trauma informed lens, uh, it speaks to me really deeply just from, you know, I've, I've just had to, and had the opportunity to, uh, understand this firsthand in a way, uh, in a much deeper way than I had in my life prior. Um, so yeah, so that we're like you know focused, and it all starts with trust. And um, I'm really excited. I've been really like following April's work, really loving it, and so I'm really excited to be in this course with her. Um, and the focus is on healing racist behaviors, reducing harm, acting from an authentic place when it comes to allyship and activism in our lives, um, and moving away from uh, the performative nature of uh, the. Um, of I guess yeah, performative allyship and um, um, causing less harm, just causing a lot less harm. So um, check it out if you're interested. I think that she, uh, it's sort of open. I believe that you could just join this book club at any point. And um, um, so far I recommend it. I'm really happy to be doing that. Um, another thing that I recommend is TechCoven.com who is responsible for bringing you this podcast. Um, I sent Alice and I saw this hilarious like meme. It's like a a deck of tarot cards and it says like, uh, it's like the tarot deck of 2020 and it's like, whoops, it's all towers. (laughs) Which is anyway, if you know tarot, that's hilarious. If you don't, it doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) You can probably imagine what the 2020 tarot deck might look like. Um, and of course, I sent it to her and I was like laughing because everyone sent that to her. <laughs> Here I am thinking I'm clever. Um, she got that from quite a few people. Uh, I love Allison's perspective on tarot, on all things, on reading tarot, on personal growth. And yeah, even on those so-called, you know, bad cards or the, the towers, the you know, the Ten of Swords. She's got like... Um, Uh, a really open, curious, wonderful perspective on personal growth, on self-care, on mental health. Um, And um, it's wonderful. You can hear her talk about it on YouTube. She has a channel there at Tech Coven, and you can always find her at techcoven.com. So um, the world, you know, has been in this state of emergency uh, in a lot of ways, and it's definitely rising, in the consciousness of all people here. Um, you know, there's always been emergencies, but I feel like this is like more collective than we're used to seeing. And I just want to make space for you listener that to acknowledge this, wherever you are in, in this storm, I want to just acknowledge that, you know, don't forget that this is happening, right? Don't dwell in go, you know, like panic and fear. Um, and you know, if you feel fear, it's understandable. Like you don't need to like obsess over <laughs> the emergency aspect. I want to bring it into your consciousness, in so that we have context. If you're feeling foggy, if you're losing track of time, um, if you're not feeling like yourself, there are so many ways that we um, that we adjust, that we deal with these things. Um, that we cope with these things, right? Some people really like go into like real productive mode. Some people just can't seem to get stuff happening at all. And there's lots of room in there, especially for those of us who maybe dabble in perfectionism. Sometimes Uh, we can be really hard on ourselves. So I want to invite you to just be curious about those behaviors that maybe you're noticing. Um, Be kind and loving around those things Um, you know, and just notice, notice if you're in a place of connecting with yourself right now, notice if you're trusting yourself right now, right? You don't have to do anything about this. This is just a place to notice because once we stray for quite a while, this is like, you know, we're abandoning ourselves. It, we, when we lose track, we can't even see it, you know? So I just want to invite you to gently look in. Is Are you... Are you even aware of how you feel? Are you even aware of what you really think, of what you really believe? Are you looking outside of yourself to see how you should feel or to see what you should do? Just pay attention and pay attention on where this might be happening. There might be certain aspects where you are like, oh yeah, no, I got it. I'm I'm on it. And then there might be other uh, other circumstances, other aspects of that pie of life where um, where you don't trust yourself, you know. Um, the good news is that trust is something that you can build. It's something that we're not born with it. We don't even really know what it is, right? It's a feeling that we have. It's a feeling around safety. Um, and the good news is that through repeated behavior, through attention, we can learn Trust, and we can learn to trust ourselves. So this is something that you can build, and I just want to invite you to just notice where you're, where you're at with it right now. So I leave you with that thought, and um, it's really good to be back here with you. I would also love to hear about what's been going on with you. My inbox is open, Danette at RadicalCreativeSanctuary dot com. Um, you know. <laughs> what I'm going to say next that you are someone worth loving you are and it all starts with you take good care of yourself take good care of each other in this storm and um I'll talk to you soon